Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome back to the Brain People podcast. I'm Amanda Anguish. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have with me my co-host. Dr. Daniel Vinas, <laughs> and I'm a psychiatrist. Yeah, and we're we're continuing our topic, resilience in the face of stressful situations. And right now we're going to talk about some practical things that we can do. And one of the first things we're going to start with is what can we do physically to help us become more resilient? Yeah, so that's a great question. And and again, I think the context is really important um, that when we're talking about stress, none of us initially like stress per se. I love it. <laughs> Except for Amanda. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> that's why depends her depends la- how much. <laughs> that's why her last name is Anguish. She enjoys pain, right? <laughs> no pain, no gain. That's really corny. I didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> but um, the point being, and we made this point in when we were talking previously in in our other. Uh, episode on resilience is that, you know, not all stress is bad. Mm -hmm. And in fact, stress can help us to uh, grow and to become stronger uh, people in the end. And when we think about things that we can do to actually increase our resilience, uh, to increase our ability to handle stress. I always like to think about things in a holistic manner. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, that's what this podcast is all about, right? Is whole person mental health interventions. Mm -hmm. And so I like to break it down into mind interventions, which is really what we touched on in the last episode. Yeah, We'll touch a little more briefly on that in this episode, but then also uh, body interventions, physical health things Mm -hmm. that we can do to increase our ability to handle stress. And then also spiritual uh, health things that we can Mm -hmm. do, things for our our spirit. So when we're talking about, you know, from a a physical health um, body perspective, there's actually some really cool things that we can do to increase our uh, ability to handle stress. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that I always tell our patients first that that will jumpstart your mental health quicker than anything else is, you know what? Hydrotherapy? Not quite. No, exercise? Exercise, yes. Exercise. <laughs> was, when you said jumpstart, I was thinking the cold yes. and that would, we'll get to that and, in yes, a moment. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> so exercise. But, but second, exercise is yeah. actually a great way. It is stressful, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, cortisol levels actually increase, which is the stress hormone when we exercise, but it's only transiently. So it's mm-hmm. not like that toxic long-term exposure to cortisol that can be harmful. And we all need some cortisol, right? Right. We wouldn't do anything if we didn't have cortisol going through our body. Yeah, cortisol, the stress hormone, you know, it gets this bad rap, but it's actually very helpful. Mm -hmm. It helps to regulate the immune system. It it actually acts as a feedback molecule to help shut down the fight or flight. The the dangerous part with cortisol is when it's elevated all the time, chronically. But when it's transiently, like with exercise, for example, it actually helps the the body to learn to adapt to other stressors, like emotional stressors, Mm -hmm. relational stressors, et cetera, so that when we face 
other stressors, now we can respond more appropriately. I'm so embarrassed that I said hydrotherapy because I know the benefits of exercise. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't be embarrassed because, and maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe you're more apt to do hydrotherapy than exercise. <laughs> no, Amanda. it's exercise. Wait, you just said that jumpstart yes. thing and I thought hydrotherapy right away. No, because hydrotherapy is actually another one we can do mm -hmm. for our physical health that can be really helpful. Yeah. And hydrotherapy also, um, and I know you've tried it. I know mm -hmm. I, I do it most mornings in the shower and it actually does stress our bodies. Like, you mm -hmm. know, our, my heart rate increases and especially get, the first and the second time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, that initial stress, even though it increases the adrenaline and all of that in the long run, science actually shows that it helps both physically and mentally. It increases endorphins. It increases um, neuroplasticity, which is our positive brain changes that can take place. Mm -hmm. And it also actually stimulates the immune system in a really healthy, positive way, which of course helps in fight infections. But when you're getting your immune system pr properly regulated, that can also decrease inflammation in the body, which is important not only physically, but also mentally too. Absolutely. A lot of inflammation in the brain from what I hear is yeah. like, is a precursor to depression and anxiety Absolutely. and stuff. So we definitely don't want that. Um, anything else physically that we can do besides exercise and hydrotherapy? Yeah. One of the um, other big things is diet um, mm -hmm. is actually very important. And there's different things that you can think about there. I mean, the ideal diet is a whole food plant-based diet mm -hmm. and just in general. But as far as that whole principle that we're talking about is short-term stress you know, actually leading to long-term more resilience is intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of studies that actually show if you, for example, eat two meals a day or you're eating breakfast and lunch and you're eating all your food within about eight hours and you forego your third meal. Yeah. It's, it's a bit stressful. You know, you might want to psychologically eat <laughs> sometimes more than physically, That's true. <laughs> but that actually makes dramatic, uh, positive brain changes. It even increases like BDNF, which is what mm -hmm. we call kind of brain fertilizer, if you will. And uh, some also helps the brain cells to increase their energy production. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of positive uh, benefits to doing intermittent fasting. Sounds like our cars too. Like if we put good fuel in our cars, they work better. They're more resilient to things versus putting bad fuel in a car. Then it's not quite as resilient. I did remember though, we kind of went over hydrotherapy and we didn't even explain what it was. That's true. And a lot of people may not know what hydro, <laughs> we know what it is. So I just assumed, but our listeners may not know what hydrotherapy is. So maybe we point. should explain what hydrotherapy yeah. is. Amanda, since you're such a big fan, <laughs> why don't you do that? <laughs> well, um, what I know of hydrotherapy, which I have done it quite a bit, and I can say it is stressful, but it's one of the most exhilarating things too when you're done. And it is, yes, it's easier to do in the summertime than in the winter. <laughs> but hydrotherapy is hot and cold. You can do it in the bath or in the in a hot tub and cold bath, or you can do it even in the shower. And one of one of the things we recommend in um, hot and cold tubs, if you want to do it that way, uh, you can spend five minutes in a hot tub, maybe max 107 degrees. And then so you do that for five minutes and then you go into a cold bath and maybe max 60 degrees maybe somewhere between 55 and 60 degrees. You do that for a minute, go back into the hot tub for three minutes, back to the cold tub for one minute, 
hot tub again for three minutes, your final hot tub, and then end, yes, I said end, on cold for un, for that last minute. And then you get out and ideally you'll rest for about 15 minutes after that. You could read or just sit quietly and, and that sort of thing, but it is really helpful. But not everybody has the opportunity to use a hot tub and a cold bath. So one of the things we recommend too is doing it in the shower. If you live in California like we do, we don't like to use a lot of water. So <laughs> maybe you can do it uh, shorter terms, like maybe a minute hot, minute cold or half a minute cold back and forth. And you always end on cold. Yeah, It's also good for us ladies, too, because we like to have our skin be really nice and you don't want to end with your pores all open. So the cold actually closes the pores, too. And so we recommend that and one of the things that I do, I'm just going to give you a tip that makes it a little bit easier. I shampoo my hair and then I turn it cold and I'm forced to stay in there until all the shampoo is <laughs> out of my hair. That way I'm not cheating. <laughs> so I have to do little tricks to make sure I stay in it the whole time. But it's not that bad after you've done it several times. So Yes, you get more resilient over time. <laughs> yes, you become more resilient or your skin knows what to do that, when it's in right. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful. See, I, I even learned some beauty tips there. I didn't think about the whole poor, poor thing, but thank yeah. you, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned that too. <laughs> So, so I wanted to share. So when so we did we did the exercise, we did hydrotherapy, then we talked about food and fuel and even intermittent fasting. Anything else physically? Yeah, I mean the other thing that I would mention phys physically is just the importance of sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, if we're not getting decent rest, that can be very difficult to bounce back. And so I realize there's certain circumstances, uh, you know, especially when there's, well, maybe there's a, a newborn baby or maybe there's like, well, what's going on right now in mm -hmm. Ukraine, like a, a war going on. Sleep is going to be hard to, to come by, but you want to do the best you can to get a good night's sleep. Uh, so you want to set the stage with having as much as possible, a cool, dark room, um, minimizing any media exposure before mm -hmm. bedtime, trying to get to sleep before midnight. Well, ideally by around 10 o'clock is yeah. really ideal to get some actual Z's before midnight because the good the, REM. that's right. You'll get into, actually it's the, it's not the REM. The REM comes later oh, the, and, and it's actually one, yeah. the deep uh, stage three, four mm -hmm. sleep that yeah. you're, you're getting into, which is the most restorative. Um, sleep and and so um, sleep is very very important. Mm -hmm. And and one of the things too, you know, I'm thinking of some of the people who are in these areas that we're talking about that are war torn. It might be helpful for people to take turns. You know, like if you feel really stressed, having somebody willing to say, "Hey, I'll stay up for a while while you get some sleep, and then I'll be here." You know, and then somebody else taking a turn or something like that might actually make it a little bit easier to sleep when because sleep is such a vulnerable thing mm -hmm. to do. And if you're in an environment like that, just having somebody who's willing to be alert while the others are tag team it. Absolutely. No, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. So then the next one we can talk about is the mind. And we already started with some of that. Yeah, I I want to encourage our listeners to listen to our other episode on resilience because that will help uh, to really get more, a little more clarity on how we can develop a positive the groundwork for it, yeah, yeah, a mindset. But research is very clear that it's so important, not as much the stressors we encounter, but how we 
then respond to that. But mm-hmm. our mindset is uh, dealing with the uh, challenges, with the, the threats, with the trauma that we've we've uh, experienced. And and a, a lot of times we we call at least parts of that reframing. And yeah. so I think that's that's critical. And we don't even realize how important this is because you know I know that even within pain management, people who are physically going to endure chronic pain for the rest of their lives, the biggest thing is not medication with that. It's actually the cognitive behavioral therapy aspect that can even reduce the amount of intensity of that pain that the body experiences just by changing the way we think about it. And so you've kind of touched on that in the first episode. So anything else you have to say about mindset in this one, practically speaking, that we can do? Yeah. And just to dovetail on what you mentioned, you know, I think it's whether it's physical or psychological pain that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with, it can so much change that depending on how we think about it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a couple other things along those lines. uh, Sometimes it is very difficult if someone is feeling so overwhelmed with uh, stress and trauma to even think right and change your thoughts. And that's where uh, there's um, something that we call grounding, which can actually Mm -hmm. help significantly. And when I, when we talk about grounding, basically it's, it's talking about being present, bringing it to the, the here and now being aware of your surroundings in a healthy, calmer way. And so deep breathing can Mm -hmm. often really help with that. Uh, Oftentimes people will be like, well, I, I took a deep breath, but that's not enough. So usually people would need to breathe deeply, slowly for about two minutes mm-hmm. to really calm down sufficiently. And uh, I I use the simple rule of fives, like you breathe in five seconds, hold mm-hmm. it for five seconds, and then you breathe out slowly for five seconds and you just yeah. count and you just do it nice and slow, deep breaths, allow your diaphragm to come down. And again, do that for at least seven cycles, two minutes mm-hmm. or so, and you'll be surprised, you know, how much that can calm you down. And then after that, it's easier to start engaging in a more healthy mindset instead of just like feeling like a deer in the headlights or you're freaking yeah, out. Yeah. Sometimes we need something to separate us from the rawness of the emotion that we're experiencing. And that deep breathing is one of the ways that you can sort of like detach yourself just for a minute so that you can get your bearings to be able to do some of the thinking. Exactly. Stuff too. Yeah. And one other thing along those lines is um, actually getting out into nature. Mm-hmm. You know, studies are very uh, clear on how much that helps people stress when they get out in, in, into a natural setting and they're in the forest or a, a lake or a beach or something like that, that really helps to bring down that stress mm-hmm. level. So that's about all on on the, the mind part. Okay. And how about the spirit part? Yeah. So the last uh, thing I wanted to talk about, um, and there's other things we could focus in on, on the, the spirit part, but how do we keep our spirits and our spiritual life and our spirits in a good state mm-hmm. of being? One of the key factors there um, is actually gratitude. Gratitude has been shown to really help mental health significantly, help people cope with stress in a better way. And it also is really beautiful because it it sets the stage for people to connect in relationships too. Mm -hmm. So people that are tend to be more grateful actually tend to have better relationships with other people. And uh, I think that makes sense, right? Because I don't know about you, Amanda, but you you like to be around negative 
pessimistic people? <laughs> um, you'd think so sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because you're a therapist, right? I mean, <laughs> that's probably not the best answer, but no, I I actually like helping people get a better mindset, yes. but. Ideally, I would like all of my clients to have a healthy mindset and be grateful. And I do make them do that in groups every day. So they do have to do that. I have to encourage yeah. even my surroundings to have a better attitude as well. And do you notice a, a change like even in them when as they're thinking of things they can be grateful for? I do. I do. And one of the one of the things I like to encourage, because sometimes we do things out of habit even and we don't have to use a lot of our brain to do it you know like if if you say amanda what are you grateful for i'm grateful for a roof over my head i'm grateful for life and well those are kind of the pat answers everybody does but if you try to think outside of the box or even say instead of saying oh i'm grateful for my husband I'm grateful for my husband because of this and this and this and this and that. Now I've really invested in my gratitude. Yes, I love that. And that's uh, one thing that a patient told me um, several years ago that really stuck with me too. He said, you know, when I practice gratitude, I don't just say list of what I'm grateful for, but mm -hmm. why. And mm -hmm. I think that's very powerful. And I want to encourage our listeners to make that a habit, a practice in their own lives. And you can very simply make gratitude a habit by practicing it. And one mm -hmm. of the simple things you can do is attach gratitude with things you already do every day. For example, um, maybe every day you brush your teeth, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so every every day that- Twice. <laughs> yes, hopefully twice or three times. <laughs> when you're brushing your teeth, just remind yourself, I'm gonna say one thing that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And so by doing those sorts of little things, it can actually start really shifting our mindset. And ultimately, I think it can also open us up to a higher connection with God too, mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, even though I'm maybe struggling in certain areas, I can be grateful because I do have a loving father in heaven that is caring for me, that he has a plan, even though I don't understand maybe everything that's happening right now, mm -hmm. that I can trust him and that, you know, this world, yeah, it's difficult, but this isn't all we have. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I play this sort of like weird game with myself sometimes. I always think like in terms of I believe that there's also a devil in this world. And I like to think what would really upset him if he's trying to mess with me right now? What would be the biggest insult I could do to foil his plans? That would be to thank God in all circumstances. And so I think like, yeah. I can really ruin what he's trying to do in this situation by being grateful. And I told my husband this the other day. And right after I did that, I dropped something on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was probably like, all right, now's your, I, your opportunity. And I literally, I literally said, like, thank you, God. And I wanted Ouch. to yell other things. but <laughs> I did it. And we both laughed about it afterwards. So the pain was oh, quite minimal, in fact, because I wasn't even focusing on it. But I was like, yes, I did it. At least I was reminded. Right before that's it right. That is right. I don't think I would have been prone to do that if I hadn't just said it to my husband. That is funny. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of a story that I wanted to end with. Mm -hmm. um, and this story was from World War II. And yeah. some of our listeners might be familiar with uh, Corrie Ten Boom. I love her story. Yeah. She, <laughs> she was an amazing woman who uh, worked very hard with her family to actually hide a lot of the Jews that mm -hmm. were being persecuted by the Nazis. And eventually they were found out mm -hmm. and they, and she and her sister and her father 
and I'm not sure about her mother, but anyway, their whole family yeah, was the mother wasn't there. Their their family was put into a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And this concentration camp, she was there with her sister, and it was infested with fleas. It was just disgusting. You know, it was dirty and there's fleas all over. And they read in First Thessalonians chapter five in the Bible that you should be thankful in all things, in mm-hmm. all circumstances. And Corey was like, what? So we're supposed to be thankful for these fleas? And her sister Elizabeth was like, well, it says in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, thank you. You know, kind of <laughs> gritted to you, like, thank you, God, I guess, for these fleas. Well, it was very interesting because later on, they found out um, that it was actually because of the fleas that they had a lot more freedom in the mm-hmm. concentration camp than they normally would have. In other words, the guards didn't want to come into where the prisoners were or the detainees or whatever mm-hmm. they, they you call them were staying uh, because there were so many fleas. And, and they so, didn't want them all over right. them. And so they, they had a lot more freedom. So mm-hmm. sometimes the very things that were like, oh, I hate this. I don't like this. God can bring good out of that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that we ask for these things, but if we trust God... And we realize he sees that bigger picture. Good things can still come out of it. And Corey didn't even know. Corey's sister was the one who was encouraging her to be thankful. And she's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to be thankful for this. Only to find out later that it was because of the fleas that yeah. that she was left alone. She and her sister yeah. and the others and stuff. But I, I think that's so cool. I love those stories where we think it's just as bad as it could be. And we realized, no, it could actually be worse. And we were actually spared from some of those things. Exactly. Thanks for sharing that story. I love, I love that story. It's a great book. If you ever want to read the hiding place. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that wraps that up for all of the practical things that we can do in order to build resilience in difficult situations and be able to handle those situations a lot better. And um, we just welcome you with us today and hope you enjoyed the things that you've heard and you're able to take those back with you and continue to listen to us on the Brain People podcast. And with that, we're out.
One thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Amanda Anguish. And I'm Dr. Daniel Vinas. And And you've you've been been listening listening to the Brain Brain People People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.